Good evening, people of Anchor. I hope you're having a great day. Today I went out and got a Nook tablet, the $49.99 one. As I was playing with it just now, I discovered there's a cool feature in the Barnes & Noble store called BNN Readouts, in which they give you a quick two-minute story, basically a summary of a book. So I'm going to look... So I'm going to look through that and see if I can find a story I want to read to you guys. I hope you're having a great day. Catch you all in a few. A Selection from Dragon Teeth by Michael Crichton Professor Marsh kept offices in the Peabody Museum on the Yale campus. A heavy green door with large white lettering read, Prof. O. C. Marsh Visitors by written appointment only. Johnson knocked. There was no reply, so he knocked again. Go away. Johnson knocked a third time. A small panel opened in the center of the door, and an eye squinted out. What is it? I want to see Professor Marsh. But does he want to see you? demanded the eye. I doubt it. I am replying to his notice. Johnson held up the newspaper advertisement. From the week before. Sorry, too late. Positions all filled. The door panel snapped shut. Johnson was not accustomed to being denied anything, particularly a silly trip he did not want in the first place. Angrily, he kicked the door. He stared at the buggy traffic on Whitney Avenue. But with his pride and a thousand dollars hanging in the balance, he got control of himself and knocked politely once more. I'm sorry, Professor Marsh, but I really must go west with you. Young man, the only place you must go is away. Go away. Please, Professor Marsh, please let me join your expedition. The thought of his humiliation before Marlin was awful to Johnson. His voice choked. His eyes watered. Please hear me out, Sue. I'll do whatever you say. I'll even provide my own equipment. The panel snapped open again. Young man, everyone provides their own equipment, and everyone does whatever I say, except you. You are presenting an unmanly spectacle. The eye peered out. Now go away. Please, sir, you have to take me. If you wanted to come, you should have answered the advertisement last week. Everyone else did. We had 30 candidates to choose from last week. Now we have selected everyone except you are not by any chance a photographer. Johnson saw his chance and leapt at it. A photographer? Yes, sir, I am. I am indeed. Well, you should have said so at once. Come in. The door swung wide open, and Johnson had his first look at the heavy, powerful, solemn figure of Athenial C. Marsh, Yale's first professor of paleontology. Of medium height, he appeared to enjoy a fleshy, robust health. Marsh led him back to the interior of the museum. The air was chalky and shafts of sunlight pasted like a cathedral. In a vast cavernous space, Johnson saw men in white lab coats bent over great slabs of rock, chipping bones free with small chisels. They worked carefully, he saw, and used small brushes to clean their work. In the far corner, 
a gigantic skeleton was being assembled, the framework of bones rising to the ceiling. Giganthiopus Marcianus, my crowning achievement, Marsh said, nodding toward the looming beast of bones. To date, that is. Discovered her in 74 in the Wyoming Territory. I always think of her as her. This has been Dragon Teeth by Michael Crichton. To the Virgins, To Make Much of Time, by Robert Herrick. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, all time is still a-flying, and this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. 
The glorious lamp of heaven, the sun, the higher he's a-getting, the sooner will his race be run, and nearer he's to setting. That age is best which is the first, when youth and blood are warmer, but being spent, the worst, and worst, time still succeed the former. Then be not coy, but use your time, and while ye may, go merry, for having lost but once your prime, you may forever tarry. To the Virgins to Make Much of Time by Robert Herrick Little Red Riding Hood by the Brothers Grimm Once upon a time there lived a sweet little girl who was beloved by everyone who saw her, but her grandmother was so excessively fond of her that she never knew when to give the child enough. One day the grandmother presented the little girl with a red velvet riding hood, and as it fitted her very well, she would never wear anything else, and so she was called Little Red Riding Hood. One day her mother said to her, Come, Red Riding Hood, here is a piece of nice meat and a bottle of wine. Take these to your grandmother, she is ill and weak, and will relish them. Make haste before she gets up. Go quietly and carefully, and do not run, lest you should fall and break the bottle, and then your grandmother will get nothing. When you go into her room, do not forget to say good morning, and do not look about in all the corners. I will do everything as you say, replied Red Running Hood, taking her mother's hand. The grandmother dwelt far away in the wood, half an hour's walk from the village, and as little Red Riding Hood entered among the trees, she met a wolf. But she did not know what a malicious beast it was, and so was not afraid at all. "'Good day, little Red Riding Hood,' he said. "'Many thanks, Wolf,' she said. "'Whither away so early, little Red Riding Hood?' "'To my grandmother,' she replied. "'What are you carrying under your apron?' "'Meat and wine,' she answered. "'Yesterday we baked the meat, that grandmother who is ill and weak might have something nice and strengthening.' "'Where does your grandmother live?' asked the wolf." A good quarter of an hour's walk further in the forest. The cottage stands under three great oak trees. Near it are some nut bushes, by which you will easily know it. But the wolf thought to himself, She is a nice tender thing, and will taste better than the old woman. I must act craftily, that I will snap them both up. Presently he came again to Little Red Riding Hood, and said, Just look at the beautiful flowers which grow around you. What do why do you not look about you? I believe you don't hear how beautifully the birds sing. You walk on as if you were going to school. See how merry everything is around you in the forest? So Little Red Riding Hood opened her eyes, and when she saw how the sunbeams glanced and danced through the trees, and what splendid flowers were blooming in her path, she thought, If I take my grandmother a fresh nosegay, she will be very pleased, and it's so very early that I can, even then, get there in good time. And running into the forest, she looked about for flowers. But when she had once begun, she did not know how to leave off, and kept going deeper and deeper among the trees, in search of some more beautiful flowers. The wolf, however, ran straight to the house of the old grandmother and knocked on the door. "'Who's there?' asked the old lady. "'Only Little Red Riding Hood, bringing you some meat and wine. Please open the door.' replied the wolf. Lift up the latch, cried the grandmother. 
I'm too weak to get up. So the wolf lifted the latch and the door flew open, and jumping without a word on the bed, he gobbled up the poor old lady. Then he put on her clothes and tied her cap over his head, got into the bed and drew the blankets over him. All this time Red Riding Hood was still gathering flowers, and when she had plucked as many as she could carry, she remembered her grandmother and made haste to the cottage. She wondered very much to see the door wide open, and when she got to the room she began to feel very ill and exclaimed, How sad I feel! I wish I had not come today! Then she said, Good morning! But received no answer, so she went up to the bed and drew back the curtains, and there lay her grandmother, as she thought, with the cap drawn half over her eyes, looking very fiercely. Oh, grandmother, what great ears you have! The better to hear you with, was the reply. And what great eyes you have! The better to see with. And what great hands you have! The better to touch you with. But, grandmother, what great teeth you have! The better to eat you with. And scarcely were the words out of his mouth, when the wolf made a spring out of the bed, and swallowed up poor little Red Riding Hood. As soon as the wolf had thus satisfied his appetite, he laid himself down again in the bed, and began to snore very loudly. A huntsman passing by overheard him and thought, How loudly the old woman snores! I must see if she wants anything. So he stepped in the cottage, and when he came to the bed he saw the wolf lying in it. What? Do I find you here, you old sinner? I have long sought you. He exclaimed, taking aim with his gun. Then, just as he was about to fire it, it occurred to him that the wolf might have devoured the grandmother, and that he might still save her. So instead of firing, he took out a pair of scissors and began to cut open the belly of the sleeping wolf. After two snips, he saw the little red riding hood, and after two more snips, the little girl sprang out, crying, Oh, how fine did I have been! It was so dark inside the wolf! And then the old grandmother came out, also alive, but scarcely able to breathe. Little Red Riding Hood ran outside and found some big stones, and they put them in the wolf's belly. When he woke up, he tried to run away, but the stones were so heavy that he collapsed and fell dead. Then all three were happy. The huntsman skinned the wolf and took the skin. The grandmother ate the cake and drank the wine Little Red Riding Hood had brought and felt better at once. As for Little Red Riding Hood, she said to herself, I will never again leave the path and run into the woods when my mother has told me not to. Some folks say this story is not the true one, but that one day when Red Riding Hood was taking some baked meats to her grandmother's, a wolf met her and wanted to lead her astray, but she went straight on and told her grandmother that she had met a wolf, who wished her good day, but he looked so weak, wickedly out of his great eyes, as if he would have eaten her, had she not been on the high road. So the grandmother said, Let us shut the door that he may not enter. Soon afterward came the wolf, who knocked and exclaimed, I am Red Riding Hood, Grand Grandmother. I bring you some roast meat. But they kept quite still and did not open the door. So the wolf, creeping several times around the house, at last jumped on the roof, intending to wait until Red Riding Hood went home in the evening, and then to sneak after her and devour her in the darkness. 
The old woman, however, saw all that the rascal intended, and as they stood before the door, great stone croft, she said to Little Red Riding Hood, Take this pale child. Yesterday I bought some sausage in this water, so pour it into that stone croft. Red Riding Hood poured many times, until the huge trough was quite full. Then the wolf sniffed the smell of the sausages, and smacked his lips, and wished very much to taste. And at last he stretched his neck too far over, so that he lost his balance and slipped quite off the roof, right into the great trough beneath, wherein he was drowned. And Little Red Riding Hood ran home into high glee, but no one sorrowed for Mr. Wolf.